the 189th QuackCast, a review of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine, a.k.a. scams. This one is called Chiropractic, Ignoring the Precautionary Principle Since 1895. Blah. I return from a short trip to the City of Angels with a bad man cold that just isn't going away. For those who do primary care, all tell me that whatever is going around lasts two to three weeks. Great. I'm not sick enough to get out of work, but I'm not well enough to have any enthusiasm to do anything. I just look at the keyboard and sigh. I want to binge watch something mindless. I know Harriet covered systematic review and meta-analysis of chiropractic care and cervical artery dissection, no evidence for causation, last week. But it is one thing to read the evaluation of a paper and quite another to evaluate a paper on your own. It is the latter process where you, and by you I mean me, actually learn something. I do do this podcast mostly for my edification, not yours. Sorry, it's all about me. I will likely read Harriet's post later this weekend. The issue at hand is whether chiropractic manipulation can cause a stroke. The background. Now, the basic theory and practice of chiropractic, as pulled out of thin air in 1895 by D.D. Palmer, is complete, utter 100% nonsense. There is no subluxation complex. There is no inane, I mean innate intelligence. I think my spell check has become conscious. No disease caused by misaligned vertebrae that is fixed by having the spine adjusted by a chiropractor. If a patient is seeking care for neck pain and receiving a diagnosis and treatment based on chiropractic, they are receiving pure, unadulterated pseudoscience. Now, part of chiropractic practice is manipulation of the patient in both senses of the word. So while prior plausibility would suggest treatment based on chiropractic principles should do nothing, it is possible that physical neck manipulation inflicted on the patient by a chiropractor could have effects independent of the underlying chiropractic bunk. Only it doesn't. The meta-analyses suggest, quote, none of the four trials convincingly demonstrated the superiority of chiropractic spinal manipulation over controlled interventions. In conclusion, the notion that CSM is more effective than conventional exercise treatment in the treatment of neck pain was not supported by rigorous trial data. Or, quote, there has been scant investigative research into the treatment of acute neck pain with chiropractic manipulation. Or, quote, acute neck pain. There are few studies and the evidence is mostly inconclusive. Chiropractic neck pain. There is moderate evidence that SMT slash MOB is superior to general practitioner management for short-term pain reduction, but that SMT offers a most similar pain relief to high-technology rehabilitative exercise in the short and long term. Mix of acute and chronic neck pain? The overall evidence is not clear. There is moderate evidence that MOB is superior to physical therapy in family physician care and similar to SMT in both short and long term. There is limited evidence that SMT in both the short and long term is inferior to physical therapy. And for headache, quote, despite claims that spinal manipulation is an effective treatment for headache, the data available to date do not support such definitive conclusions. It is unclear to what extent the observed treatment effects can be explained by manipulation or by nonspecific factors. Example, personal attention, patient expectation. 
So an intervention that is based on fantasy and has no good clinical support for efficacy should not be used at all based on general principles. Certainly no antibiotic would be prescribed that had no activity against any organism in whose purported mechanism of action was based on interfering with the flow of bacterial innate intelligence. It is also interesting to consider the symptoms that occurs after chiropractic neck manipulation. 31% had a symptomatic reaction. Quote, a new complaint not present at baseline or worsening of the presenting complaint by greater than 30%. These SRs, symptomatic reactions, included, quote, neck pain or stiffness, radiating pain or discomfort, arm or leg weakness, tiredness, fatigue, headache, dizziness, imbalance, nausea, vomiting, ringing in the ears, blurred or impaired vision, confusion or disorientation, depression or anxiety, fainting, and low back discomfort and soreness. Please note, many of these are the same symptoms that can occur transiently with a cerebrovascular event. It is a list that gives one pause, that one being me, but it does not give chiropractors cause. Quote, it should be noted that several of the side effects reported in our study have been found in previous studies with patients taking medications. Headaches, fatigue, dizziness, and nausea are among the most common drug-related adverse reactions and these have been reported by people not taking any medication. What defines chiropractic, indeed all pseudomedicines, is the inability to recognize that their interventions can cause harm and to look instead for alternative explanations to hand wave away any complications as due to some other cause. Frank Drebin is the chiropractic role model. There is nothing to see here. Move on. I know. Applying reality and rational thought to a pseudo-medicine, as if that is going to work. But an intervention that is based on fantasy and has no good clinical support for efficacy should not even have the hint of a suggestion of a possibility of a complication, much less a catastrophic complication like an arterial tear and stroke. Medicine is about risk versus benefit, and an intervention that has zero benefit should have zero risk. The paper. The authors of the study at hand were concerned that the position paper published in Stroke by the American Heart Association, Cervical Arterial Dissections in Association with Cervical Manipulative Therapy, which suggested an association between stroke and spinal manipulation, quote, did not include a meta-analysis, nor did it seek to classify studies and grade the body of evidence. So they sought to remedy that situation. They searched the literature and found 253 articles. 77 were judged by all reviewers to be non-relevant, like chiropractic. Four articles were judged to be class 3 studies and two were rated class 2. And they all showed an association between chiropractic and stroke. Let me repeat. All. It showed an association between having a stroke and receiving chiropractic manipulation. For a useless procedure for which there are safer alternatives, that should give one pause. But the quality of the studies was judged to be poor and at risk for bias. So, all the arrows point the same direction. Again, for a useless therapy based on fictions, the results, as mentioned in the first line of the discussion, quote, our systematic review and meta-analysis suggest a small association between chiropractic care and CAD, end of quote. Now that should be concerning. But then it gets weird as they rationalize away the results. And these, by the way, are neurosurgeons, not chiropractors. They go from, 
Quote, our analysis shows a small association between chiropractic neck manipulation and cervical artery dissection. To, quote, this relationship may be explained by high risk of bias and confounding in the available studies, and in particular to the known association of neck pain with CAD and with chiropractic manipulation, to, quote, there is no convincing evidence to support a causal link between chiropractic manipulation and CAD, to, quote, belief in a causal link may have significant negative consequences, such as numerous episodes of litigation. But if all the data points the same way, a lack of belief that chiropractic manipulation would lead to the utilization of a dangerous and useless therapy with subsequent strokes in people who might not have otherwise had one. So what's the more significant negative consequence? Litigation, because the patient had a stroke associated with chiropractic, or chiropractors no longer using a useless intervention because it might hurt people. As if that will ever happen. These authors evidently think litigation is worse than a stroke. And perhaps that says something about the nature of medical litigation, because I can't quite disagree with them sometimes. Hill's Criteria. The authors differentiate between association and causation, and as we all know, the former does not mean the latter. So they apply Hill's criteria. But it appears they apply Hill's criteria based on only five of the studies they reviewed, not the entire literature. Of course, I can find case reports where patients suffer a stroke after cervical manipulation to be particularly compelling, especially combined with the preponderance of literature as noted in the stroke position paper. Looking beyond the few studies these authors evaluated, I would apply Hill's criteria differently. Strength of association, strong, especially with case reports. It's rare, but strong. Consistence, strong. Most studies and case reports show an association. Outcomes specific to exposure. As they say, as seen in Cassidy et al., exposure to a primary care doctor and exposure to a chiropractor are equally likely to result in CAD. In this case, the outcome is not specific. But the question is not an exposure to an MD versus a DC, but whether they had spine manipulation or not. And in the subgroup of the young who should not be having strokes, visiting a DC was associated with a stroke. While we do not know, I suppose that chiropractors may not have done any spinal manipulation in those patients and instead suggested rest and Tylenol. Yeah, right. Usually the saying, go to Midas, get a muffler, is a reasonable assumption. When the literature as a whole is considered, the outcome specific to the exposure is good. Temporal relationship? Good as well. Biologic gradient? Eh, no data. Maybe. See below. Plausibility incoherence? I would also say strong. Chiropractic physics. A Newton, big N, is a measure of force. It is named after a famous fig cookie. Oh, no, wait, sorry, a bit of misunderstanding. It was named after Isaac Newton from the second law of motion. Force equals mass times acceleration. How much force does a chiropractic manipulation generate with a high-velocity, low-amplitude manipulation? They aim for about 400 to 600 newtons when teaching chiropractic students, although this force only lasts about 135 milliseconds. Just how many cookies does four to 500 newtons represent? I figure around 2,680. That's a lot of cookies hitting a neck all at once, especially with the force concentrated at a point, even if it's only 135 milliseconds. A kilogram of mass is 9.8 newtons. 
A 70 kilogram human, eh, 686 newtons. That is the force measured on the bottom of the feet as you stand on the earth. Move the force measurement to the neck. If you were to suspend a body by the neck with a noose, the force measured at the spine and surrounding soft tissues would also be 686 newtons. For a brief period of time then, chiropractic applies 58 to 87% of the force of a suspended hanging. A judicial hanging has a drop, and this leads to a force of around 1,200 newtons, sufficient to produce a subluxation of C2 and C3 vertebrae. I suspect that would be a subluxation refractory to chiropractic. Is there any other injury similar to chiropractic? Well, perhaps whiplash, where there is a sudden force applied to the neck. Quote, postmortem studies have shown that vertebral artery lesions are found in about one-third of fatally injured road traffic accident victims with vertebral atlas injury. In previous reports, neurologic deficits or death have followed posterior neck injuries by up to eight days after the incident. Although the measured forces I have found in whiplash are much higher. As one chiropractic paper noted, quote, while neck manipulation loads are slower to develop and displacements smaller, they may reach peak amplitudes of maximal effort comparable to those seen in low-velocity collision experiments. And like a good chiropractic paper, it denied any similarities and that chiropractic could cause injury because that is what chiropractors do. Quote, Perceived causation of reported cases of cervical artery dissection is more frequently attributed to chiropractic manipulative therapy procedures than to motor vehicle collision-related injuries, although the comparative biomechanical evidence makes such causation unlikely. Chiropractic manipulation, hanging, and a whiplash are on a continuum of forces with a continuum of injuries. The take-home, don't F with the MA. Analogous to proven association, they say, quote, while severe trauma most certainly causes dissection, it may be debated whether the situation in chiropractic care is analogous. Yeah, it could be debated, but again, looking at the literature as a whole, not much of a debate. Is there proof that chiropractic causes stroke and cervical artery dissection? No. The association and supportive data is very worrisome, and I would recommend it no more than I would a noose. If chiropractic neck manipulation were a medication, well, based on the severity of the potential reaction, it would have a black box warning in the PDR. If side effects were combined with efficacy, chiropractic would never be approved, much less make it out of clinical trials. Not that chiropractors care about patient safety, or any pseudo-medical provider for that matter. Chiropractors love to point out the dangers of NSAIDs while aggressively denying any risk of their useless pseudomedicine. With the exception of disposable acupuncture needles, no pseudomedicine has ever been altered or abandoned because of concern for patient safety. Ever. The precautionary principle. To risk management states that if an action or policy has a suspected risk of causing harm to the public or to the environment, in the absence of scientific consensus, the burden of proof that it is not harmful falls on those taking an action that may or may not be at risk. And ignored by chiropractic since 1895. And that ends the 189th QuackCast. References are available over at Science Based Medicine with the 
essay of the same name. And of course, over at edgydot.com, where you will find links to my growing multimedia empire of books, podcasts, apps, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Thanks.